You're listening to the Morning Brew with Stu Podcast, and here's your host, Stuart Brooking. And here we go. Welcome to the Morning Brew with Stu. As you hear the big voice guy on the entrance say, I am the host, Stuart Brooking. And today we have a special guest, my friend, my fellow AFC South, I guess, follower, and a guy who... I've just recently started, you know, following and kind of really paying attention to what he's doing. Mike Patton from the Tour in the AFC South podcast. Mike, welcome. And um, we're going to talk Colts and Titans today. Well, thank you uh, for having me on, Stuart. And, uh, you know, definitely going to be fun talking some Titans and Colts. And uh, nef- definitely not the uh, entrance into the, the game that we expected in terms of the records. <laughs> that's true that's true real quick before we get started and we get to that kind of let everybody know like what you're doing and kind of or like what you do on your podcast who those types of things and where maybe they can find your podcast and where they can find you at on social media well my podcast is now four days a week and during the season so what i do is uh, i break down the, the games uh, on sunday morning uh monday morning i do a recap and during the week, I do a couple of different interviews with, uh, you know, someone that's uh, involved with the AFC South, whether it be an opponent, uh, like, for example, the Philadelphia Eagles are coming up, uh, opponent, someone from there kind of breaking down the game or a big game, or uh, just having someone that's around the team kind of break down the injury or just how a team's emotive or anything like that. So kind of break down the teams and talk about the AFC South and give everybody a, a look into the AFC South based upon people that actually are there and actually know a lot about it as well as, as well as I do as well. So that's kind of what I do four days a week, giving you as much AFC South as you can handle. All right. Well, let's get into it. For the last like four years, five years, the Titans and the Colts have been the two pillars of the AFC South. They've literally been the two teams with the exception of like 2018 where Houston won. It is what it is, whatever. But these two teams have been the teams that you've got to go through to win the AFC South. This year, it's a little bit different, Mike. Both teams on a, on a little downward trend. It looks like neither team's offense really working that well. Kind of just talk about what you've seen from, from the Titans' standpoint this year that, that you know really hasn't gone their way, and then you know a little bit from the Colts' standpoint as well. Well, offensively, uh, for the Titans, if you look at their offense, they did miss uh, Roger Saffold, who got cut, released, whatever you want to go, language you want to use, and now plays for the Buffalo Bills. In that, it took away one of their guards that was one of their strength, the mauler inside, and now you don't have as much strength up front with uh, the guys that are up there now replacing him. Uh, so that's kind of hindered a little bit of the running game, which is the key for the Titans offense. That coupled that with a lot of the pass catchers that are out there, that leading pass catcher that was out there that returned was Nick Westbrook-McKinney. He was their third wide receiver, sometimes fourth last year. So this year you have Robert Woods, you have first-round pick Traylon Burks, you have Kyle Phillips, you have Racy McMath, who's on IR but uh, isn't back just yet. And you have just a slew of different weapons, Austin Hooper, um, you know, uh, Chica Kwaku all these guys that weren't on the team last year. So just all of that, the newness of the offense, plus the the, the guards and missing players that were there last year, uh, a couple of them that 
course, Taylor Lewan now, but we'll talk about that later. Um, and just the offense is still trying to find itself. It's not quite the same. They're still trying to find their stride. Found it a little bit last week, but still not quite the same. And defensively, I mean, just not quite getting after the quarterback quite as much they did the first game with four guys like they did last year. Last year, they got the quarterback, and they got sacks, and they were – you know, basically doing it with four guys. This year, they're not quite getting back there quite as much through three games, and that's been huge. And plus, the the youth of the corners has been huge as well because it's shown up in every single game, them giving up big pass yardages to different receivers each game. So that's been kind of the reason they've been down so far this year. I will say from the Colts' side, I talked about this yesterday on the uh, on Cool McCain's um... – NFL matchup madness. He asked, you know, what's the thing the Titans can do to win? And I don't know how much of the Colts games you've watched or any of that, but that right tackle position is really starting to come back to hurt them. And I also think Matt Ryan, they talked about this a lot last week's game versus Kansas City. Matt Ryan still kind of learning the offense is hurting him as well because he's not getting the offensive line shifted right. And if you watch that Kansas City game and you watch the Jacksonville game and you watch the Houston game, there are guys coming through free, just drilling Matt Ryan, unblocked, just laying him out completely. And I look at this defensive line. I know you said they're not getting a lot of sacks, but there's still some playmakers on that offensive line or defensive line there for the Tennessee Titans. If, if I'm the Colts, I have to be worried about this defense in the pass rush. Am I correct? That's correct. Uh, you know, one thing I, I will, you know, kind of caution about, of course, with um, Harold Landry being out, that, that's a huge loss for them. But Rashad Weaver has stepped in, a uh, second-year guy, uh, of course, missed most of his first year. And, you know, Bud Dupree still kind of they're, – they're not for sure if he's going to be able to play, or he's not for sure because he missed last week with a knee injury. And he's practiced today, but – he practiced, but, you know, you're just not sure what it's going to be. So it's the day-to-day -day for him. So while they do have a pass rush, it's not necessarily the most healthy pass rush, and they're just, just not quite the same in terms of that the explosiveness, to be honest. I, I agree. I agree. Now, this is a team – these two teams, respectively, have had in back-to-back -back years the number one ranked rusher in the league. Derrick Henry two years ago. Jonathan Taylor last year, Derrick Henry got hurt. JT, you know, ran away with the award. Might have been a little closer if Derrick Henry was still there. This season, neither team's really done a great job of, of running the football. I mean, a 94 yards average, I understand. That's kind of that's what that's what it is there for the Titans. 104 for the Colts. It is, but I think that 104 number for the Colts is a little deceiving. I go back, I watch that Texans game, and I understand Jonathan Taylor had like the 130 or 170 yards or whatever it was, but he had 35 carries, and they were putting eight men in the box. And I was watching him get three or four yards per carry. This has been kind of a weird year for these two offenses and not being able to run the football. What do you think the Titans got to do to be able to establish a run here and get Derrick Henry going, which I hope they don't do, but what do you think they got to do? Well, the one thing I, they did last week was kind of give him the ball in unconventional ways. They used him in the passing game, which he had five catches for like a six, 68 yards. Um, the first play of the game was a, a little screen pass to him and went for 23 yards. So that kind of got him going. Then, you know, they kind of broke their trends. Their trends are they're going to run the football on first down, run the ball on second down, and then throw. Or they'll play action on first down, 
run the football, and then, you know, hopefully be in a position where they can run the football on third down. That's kind of the trend they've been on for a while now. They kind of broke those trends last week, and I think in breaking those trends, kind of threw the defense off of the, the uh, Las Vegas Raiders and kind of got them going offensively uh, because I, I will say that the guards this year, they do more position blocking than they do actually the road raider blocking that Roger Saffold did last year. So that's, I think, how they got going and how they can get going is kind of buck the trends that they usually do to kind of throw defenses off and, you know, kind of get until they kind of get themselves worked into the game. Yeah, I completely agree. I, I think this is a group on both sides for both teams, shall I say, that's a little iffy. And that's the wide receiver group. I mean, you look at the Colts. I mean, we saw it with Jacksonville. If Michael Pittman's not there, I mean, you got a bunch of guys who are five or, or six receivers on every other team in the league. You got guys in Tennessee outside of Traylon Burks and, and Woods that aren't, you know, that are iffy. And, you know, we know about Westbrook, Akina, he's come back, all those things. Indiana guy, I watched him play at IU. You, you know, you look at all those things, but outside of some of those main guys that we mentioned, this is an iffy group for both teams. Definitely, definitely. Um, you know, with the, with the Indianapolis, I would say it's the number one. It's almost like it's uh, last night in the pips when it comes to the wide receivers. Uh, you've got Michael Pittman Jr. and you've got everyone else basically there. And as far as the Titans, they don't have a number one, but they have plenty of other guys that can one guy can step in and make a catch or or be the lead receiver or the next guy can. Because, for example, uh, Kyle Phillips was their lead receiver in one game. Traylon Burks was in another game, and Robert Woods has been in another game. So basically, they have guys that can step in and just make plays. They just don't have one that's going to be the number one consistently. So it's kind of like they're playing like uh, just to use a basketball analogy. The Detroit Pistons, when they won a championship with Chauncey Billups and uh, Rasheed Wallace and those guys, they weren't the superstar, but they, collectively they were good together. And then on the other hand, you got Glass Knight and Phillips with the Indianapolis kind of with the one guy and then the rest of the guys with them. So it's both sides are kind of iffy in terms of those aspects, because you never know who's going to show up with Gladys Knight and you never know which receiver is going to show up for the Tennessee Titans to be the lead guy. Yeah. I mean, this is also a team where you sit back and you look at the quarterbacks for these two teams. And I'm a big, big Ryan Tannehill guy. I do a quarterback ranking every year at the end of the you know previewing this next year after the draft, I usually do all 32 quarterbacks. Two years ago, I had Ryan Tannehill as the seventh-ranked quarterback in the country, or the league. He was coming off that 33-7 and seven year, tore it up, absolutely tore it up. Last year, he took a step back, and this year, he's really kind of depleted. I'm a big Ryan Tannehill guy, but Mike, is there a chance at some point this year, if the quarterback play doesn't pick it up, that we see – Malik Willis. I wasn't high on Malik. I think Malik should sit the whole year. I think Malik should learn. I think he's got some issues as far as, you know, completion percentage and those types of things. But I know there's the wow factor with the leg and the big arm and those types of things. Do we see a Malik Willis potentially come into play if maybe, the, let's say the Titans lose this game and then they kind of go on the downward trend? Do we see them make the change? Or or what do you expect from this this quarterback side of the football for the Tennessee Titans? I expect uh, Ryan Tannehill to be the quarterback the entire season. Um, the only way, like you mentioned, is if they had a downward spiral, if they were out of the playoff uh, race, I would say at that point, you may see Malik Willis at that point then. But 
other than that, I would say Ryan Tannehill is it's his job to win, lose, whatever. He's going to be the guy. And I mean, even if he has bad performances, he's still going to be the guy because, like you mentioned, um, Malik Willis is still learning. Uh, for those that aren't aware, he went to Liberty, and it was kind of more of a one-read offense where you you snap the ball, you go to that one read in there, you take off and run. He's kind of learning a new offense, which he's been there. He's grown from his mini rookie camp, uh, rookie mini camp. I'm sorry, to training camp to now. He's grown in the offense, being able to take snaps, being able to read defenses and and know who you're going to, you're different, you know, going through your different progressions. He's got better at that, but he's not ready to be that guy yet. Do I think he's ready next year? I think he's going to be the guy next year, but I don't think he's going to be the guy this year. No, I definitely think it's Ryan Tannehill's job the rest of the season. And I'll say this. I, I posted a podcast or a snippet of a podcast I did last year, I guess technically this year, at the end of the season after the Colts kind of were deciding – this is the end for Carson Wentz. And I said, you know, I would really like to see Kirk Cousins or Matt Ryan on this Colts team. Ta-da, we got Matt Ryan. Fast forward, you know, I thought Matt had a lot of high-level play left in him. And I thought Matt had a guy, you know, with a team. I thought it was it was more of the Falcons were a bad team than Matt Ryan was a bad quarterback last year. And I'm watching so far this year, and I know it's only four weeks, and it is what it is and all those types of things, but I'm watching Matt play and I'm watching the fumbles, and I'm watching him miss blocking assignments and not setting stuff up, and I'm watching him make some stupid throws, and I'm saying, man, I I don't know, dude. I, I don't know what is up with Matt, and I'm not sure he's going to be here next year if this continues to, to go the way that it's going. Well, I have those same questions, but I also have questions as to when does the carousel stop in Indianapolis? Me too. Because, I think we all have know, those questions, Mike. Yeah, they, they, it's, it's about time for them to draft a young quarterback and grow with a young quarterback because at this point, you've kind of, you know, you're kind of looking out on, you know, trading or you know, a free agent veteran, but eventually your team is not going to be ready to win a Super Bowl or compete for a Super Bowl, and you're going to still be getting a, a veteran quarterback. So eventually they're going to have to build with a young quarterback on a rookie contract so that way they can pay everybody else and build up the team kind of the that's kind of the model everyone's going with these yeah. days so they're going to eventually have to get with that model or you know risk being uh run out of relevancy i think this is the year to do it if you're looking at the quarterback draft class coming out i mean i don't i don't know if we've had this much talent coming out in a draft class since i mean i guess hindsight's always 2020 you look back now and you're like that 2018 draft class wasn't really that great i mean you had lamar and Josh Allen, but I remember all the hype that came out in that 2018 draft class with Sam Darnold and Josh Rosen and all of them as well. So this might be the most talented draft class that we've had since 2019, I guess, with Burrow and and Tua and Herbert. Mike, when when this let me start with it. Let me say this. The Colts have for the most part dominated this rivalry or this matchup. And for most of my, like, diehard fandom, we were 11-0. I, I didn't know what it was like to lose to the Titans. I had no idea. Andrew Luck killed him every year or beat him every year. Didn't really kill him every year, but he beat him every year. Here recently, the Titans have kind of shifted that and taken momentum and kind of taken it over. Do you see that again this year? Do you see it being a sweep? Do you see it being one-on-one? One? Do you see it being a sweep for the Colts? 
I see it being one and one because these teams are, you, you don't know what you're going to get every week for them. Uh, you could get something one week and then the next week you, you don't know what's going to happen. For example, I know you talk, you can see it with your team, you, you know, basically the Jacksonville Jaguars beat them 24 nothing and they come back and beat the Chiefs 20 to 17. So, you know, it could be uh, basically you just don't know what you're going to get. So I could basically see a split happening this year for sure. I said this yesterday on Cool McCain's uh, NFL Matchup Madness. By the way, go check it out, guys. It's on YouTube. It's great. But um, I said that congrats the Colts got the win versus Kansas City. But that doesn't change my mind. I said this week one, two, and three. The Colts are a bad football team. They're a bad football team. I, I truly believe they are a bad football team. They they can't get much. You score 20 points on offense. That's not, I mean, it's not a whole lot. Kansas City underachieved and probably should have hung up 30, maybe 28 on us if if they played the way that they're capable of playing. I look at the at the Colts and I say, this is a bad football team and this is not a good team. And I'm not so sure how many games they can win if they keep playing this way. For the Titans, is it that they're a bad football team? Or is it they're just off to a slow start? Some things aren't clicking for them. And once they get it clicking, they're going to look better. Honestly, uh, yeah, I would say the Titans are a talented team, but there's the team that doesn't know each other. I would say they're kind of a, a little bit of a bad team, but a little bit of a team that's still trying to figure each other out. And honestly, I would say the same thing, probably a little bit more for the Colts as well, just trying to figure things out. But the thing I don't, the difference is, the Colts changed quarterback and they changed the defensive coordinator. So that kind of changed the kind of dynamic that team has in terms of a defense that's going to stonewall you and an offense runs the football and does things. They're kind of a more of a bend but don't break defense, which kind of doesn't fit what it usually was there with the Colts, in my opinion. So that's where I think the difference is in terms of the, the levels of where these teams can go. The, the thing, thing is, if the Colts can learn more of what Gus Bradley wants and grow into that as the season goes on, it'll accelerate who they are and they won't look as bad a team. And of course, that'll be with the offense kind of picking things up, too. Uh, as far as the Titans, they still know who they are, but it's just a matter of kind of getting those pieces and knowing those pieces around you. So I wouldn't say necessarily both are bad teams, per se. But they're just teams that are still going through a lot of change and trying to figure out that change. And it's more change than they've had over the last three or four years. Okay. Make me feel a little bit better about my team. You're more – you're not even a Colts fan, dude, and you're already talking me off the edge, you know. I'm, I'm ready to just <laughs> – I'm ready to tank it, bring C.J. Stroud to Indianapolis, and let's just roll with it. That's how – that's where I was at. Well, Literally. another option, too. Huh? There's another option too. I would say uh, another a quarterback to throw in that uh, that quarterback carousel would be uh, would probably won't be a first round pick, but Hendon Hooker too from uh, oh, Tennessee. I, I love Hendon Hooker. Hendon Hooker's. Hendon Hooker. I, I, listen, I would love Hendon Hooker in uh, in Indianapolis. I, I'd love that. You would not hear a complaint come out of me. The Colts need to get a young quarterback. I think they will this year. Let's talk about the secondary here for both teams. I mean, there's Blackman for the Colts. He's kind of our stud guy. We got Gilmore, who all offseason, all I heard from people that went to Colts training camp was Stephon Gilmore's the guy. He is living up to what people thought he was going to be. That's all I heard in training camp. This is the guy, Gillylock, right? Like he's locking down, all this kind of stuff. 
he made a good play versus Kansas City. But for the first three weeks of the year, the guy was nowhere to be seen. I mean, nowhere to be found. He was getting cooked left and right. He was getting dominated by Evan Ingram. Last time I checked, Evan Ingram wasn't that good. And he's making uh he's making Stefan Gilmore look ridiculous. And then I'm a big Caleb Farley guy. I believe he's still injured in uh for Tennessee. You can correct me if I'm wrong. But talk about the secondary for the for the Titans. I think the Colts have a slightly better secondary, but I still think the Colt I think the Titans is a young, talented secondary that could kind of, you know, want, if they get it to click, could be very, very scary and very good. Well, Caleb Farley is healthy. She he just okay. uh the thing was is that uh Roger Roger McCreary has actually outplayed him. So gotcha. the rookie from Auburn has been the starter. And he actually is I I kind of when I was at camp and talking to some of the people that cover the team as well, they were saying, hey, Roger McCurry is going to play. But I, I saw, I've heard that all through camp, if Caleb Farley was healthy or not. So, uh, and of course, he led the team, I believe, in 10, with 10 tackles last game. You know, it's interesting to have that as a cornerback. But, you know, that's that's another thing in all of itself. But um, as far as the secondary for the Titans, I would say, you know, both, of, both secondaries have an all-pro. I mean, you have Kevin Byard back there at safety, but you just have a lot of young kids at corner that are still trying to learn. Plus, Bolden is not back yet, Elijah Bolden. And Ugo Amadi was actually out last game, too. So that's, uh, you know, they do have pieces they can play, and they have more versatile pieces, I would say, in terms of the Titans. But the young guys are, are still trying to learn and grow. So that's where I would say the uh, the potential is there for them. But they just haven't quite reached that potential because, you know, not enough game experience, not enough playing experience to get there. With the Colts, they have pieces. It's just almost like like I was just mentioning, still learning the defense and still trying to figure themselves out. And, you know, I did have questions about Gilmore when he went there to Indianapolis. Uh, I, you know, I, I loved his career and, you know, what things he's done in his career. But I just wasn't sure he would be the guy still because he, he's been in the league, what, nine, ten years at this point. I'm not sure he's still that same guy. He has spurts where he can be that guy, but I don't know if he can be that guy consistently, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah, and then there's Kenny Moore, who all we heard all offseason was, I want to be paid like a big guy. I want to be paid like I'm one of the top corners in the league, and as of right now, is not played like it. Let's focus to the head coaches, because I've been openly and very loudly critical of Frank Reich. I think at times Reich's game management, awareness of, of time down situation, timeouts, whatever it is, it's not there. And we saw it week one. I mean, you talk about it, the Colts wind up tying the Houston Texans. If they kick a, I don't mind the Colts going for it on fourth down when you're that close to the end zone. But going, going for it on fourth down and pulling out the Wildcat to me, is a little crazy when you have a guy like Jonathan Taylor in the background. You can say, well, Stewart, you know, they've been stopping the run all game. That's fine, but it's still Jonathan Taylor. And I'll take my money on Jonathan Taylor any day of the week. Or you could just say, you know what, we'll kick a field goal. We'll take the three points. And guess what? That would have been enough to win the football game for you. But they didn't, went for it, didn't get it, and it didn't work out. We wound up tying the Houston Texans. I don't think Frank Reich at times is a very good head coach. I think he's I think he's smart and he's a better offensive coordinator, but I'm not so sure he's a great head coach. I love Mike Vrabel. And I think Matt, Mike Vrabel has shown time and time again, just like last year, 
where when Derrick Henry went down, it was like, well, everybody, including me, was like, well, the Titans are done. He pulls he pulls it together, finds some way to make this team really, really good. What What's your thoughts on the coaches for both teams? Yeah, well, Frank Reich, I was actually talking with uh, former ESPN or Trey Wingo on my show, and he said by far week one, that was the most just like he, he was perplexed by that call. He, he still doesn't understand and you have Jonathan Taylor, but you run a wildcat with Naheem Hines. He still uh, is, me, is me either. I, trust me, I don't. I, I'm not Trey Wingo, and I don't get it either. It just it you know sometimes he doesn't key. He kind of overthinks the situation instead of actually just taking the situation for what it is. Frank Reich's a, a pretty smart guy, but just overthinks it, and that's where I think his issues come. Just overthinking the game. As far as Vrabel, Vrabel is pretty simple. He says this, he does this, and he does different. You know, he he doesn't get into the analytics of the game. He just gets into the meat potatoes and thinks he thinks in terms of the game. And one thing that I will also say about him is you will uh he's always like a straight shooter for you to you. He's not gonna give you all the information, but he's gonna, if you pay attention, he'll tell you different things without telling you different things. Um you know, he's not going to give a, like, for example, he's not going to give a rookie too much credit because he probably wants him to try to get better. Though doesn't want to kind of feed his ego too much. Kind of like with Traylon Burks, some people think he hates him. I just think he wants to continue to push him to be better. But, you know, it's it's those different things. And he always has a little bit of a, he never really smiles. He always has a little bit of a look on his face like he's focused or he's mad or anything like that. But he's always thinking of ways to make the team better to win games. So, you know, Frank Wright, he's the overthinker at times. He's a smart guy, but he's just an overthinker as far as he tends to press the right buttons more times than not, to be honest. What are the keys for the Titans to win this football game? Well, the biggest thing always, and that's both teams, no turnovers. Value the football. When the Titans turn the ball over, they are not a very good football team. Um, the biggest thing is get Derrick Henry involved. I'm not going to say get him running the football. That's not, I'm not going to say that at all. I'm going to say get him involved in the game. Because if you get him involved in the game, then the focus is going to go primarily to him. And that's how all the other parts work in terms of this offense. Uh, and defensively, I would say stop the run. Don't let Jonathan Taylor get going. And make Matt Ryan uh, have to throw 40 times. Because the thing is, no, I love Matt. I mean, Matt Ryan's done great things in the NFL. Love his game, what he's done, but he's not a guy that's going to throw it 30 to 40 times a game and win against the Indianapolis. Get win for the Indianapolis Colts. He can't do those type of things and consistently win, in my opinion, at his age right now. I agree. I think for the Colts, the main thing to do is you got to get JT going. You've struggled to figure it out. I don't know what it is. I do know what it is. Teams are putting eight men in the box. They're, they're forcing the Colts to beat them over the top. I think they got to get more creative offensively, too. And you can say, well, Stuart, you just criticized them for, for, for being creative and doing the Wildcat. Creative offensively, not trying to pull a rabbit out of your hat, doing some magic type stuff, right? Like, I think some creative route concepts, some creative reads, some creative screens, those types of things, I think, will help open up the, the – running lanes for Jonathan Taylor. I think the whole thing for the Colts, and this is why I don't think they're a good football team and why I think they're going to struggle is used to the way it was the last 
couple of years has been, we're going to run to set up the pass. Well, right now, teams know how good Jonathan Taylor is. And they're going to come in with eight men in the box. So you're going to have to pass now to set up the run. You're going to have to spread these guys out, use the whole 53 in it, half, I think, football field, make them defend the whole field, and then give it to JT on some zones, on, on whatever it is, to open up those holes and give him some lanes. Because just handing him the football like you saw versus Houston didn't work. Just handing him the football like you saw versus Jacksonville didn't work. Handing him the football like you saw versus Kansas City did not work. So you got to be creative in how you're going to separate these guys so you can find lay, ways for Jonathan Taylor. Two, I think defensively, you got to stop giving up yards. You can only bend, 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 and not break for so long until teams are just going to – I mean, if you played a better quarterback than Davis Mills week one, they might have hung 40 on it. They may have hung 45 on it. But they played Davis Mills, and Mills, as much as I like him, has his, his flaws and doesn't really take advantage all the time of some things. Um, and then I just think Frank Reich's got to stop trying to be the smartest guy in the room. Kind of just got to pull it back a little bit. Just – Call the game, you know, think within the game. Don't try to overthink it. All right, we're we're going to do a score prediction here, Mike. What's your score for this Titans-Colts game? All right, well, the Titans scored 24 points in their last game. They didn't score but seven that game. Mm, I'd say about 24 is their ceiling. So I would say 23 points. Uh, it'd be 23 to 17. Titans will win this game. I think I'm going to give them a little bit higher. I'm also taking the Titans. And as as much as it pains me to say that, because <laughs> there's not a team I hate more than this team. I used to, used to hate the Patriots, but Tom left and it doesn't really matter anymore. Tom caused me all my misery. Now it's the Titans. <laughs> as much as it pains me to say this, I think it's going to be 28-21. Tennessee over the Colts I I truly I think that's what's going to happen I think the Colts defense still trying to figure it out Darius Leonard isn't there those Shaquille Leonard isn't there I'm going to get used to saying that I'm still not used to calling him Shaquille <laughs> over Darius but um yeah so there's some problems there I I think it's gonna be 28-21 Tennessee over over the Indianapolis Colts oh man I know it took a lot to say that one but uh, it's going to be interesting. It's definitely going to be an interesting game. And like I mentioned previously, uh, it's going to be interesting to see which team breaks their trend of how they run their offense and defense to, to winning it. Because ultimately, that's what it's going to come down to as well. 100%. 100%. Mike, a big thank you for coming on, man. Real quick, again, can you just you know plug your social media, tell people where they can find your show at again, just in case they, you know, maybe have forgotten since, you know, the whole half hour this show has been on or, or whatever. If you could just let somebody know that, where they can find your show and where they can find you at social media. All right. Well, you can find me on Twitter at Mike Patton 82. That's M I K E P A T O N 82 on Twitter. And of course you can find touring the AFC South on all listening platforms. That'd be iHeartRadio, Apple podcast, uh, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you can listen to podcasts, my podcast is there. I think it's on Amazon, too. There you go. Go give it a big listen. Now, listen, this guy, like you said, he's got Trey Wingo on. I saw the other day he had Trey Wingo, and I was like, oh, my God, this guy's pulling strings. <laughs> so, you know what? 
he's got he he interviews some great guests. He's got an entertaining show. Go give it a listen. And um, just you know, he'll have guests from more than names South. Like he said, you know, he's got an Eagles guest coming on this week, and you know that that those are some interesting lessons. And I love people who bring on guests and, and have some you know interesting conversations and interviews. So, Mike, a big thank you, big thank you to you guys listening. Hey, do me a favor if you guys are listening to this. I can only do so much. I can only share on social media. I can only edit so many videos. I can only do so much. It's you guys that helps this podcast grow. So if you have a friend that likes listening to podcasts, sports podcasts at that, please share it to them. Send it to their DM, send it to their email, uh, their Facebook, their Twitter, their Instagram. If you have to, if you know their work email, go ahead and send it to their work email as well. You know, just whatever, just spam them until they, they give the podcast a listen. It is what it is, but Hey, For those of you listening, have a good day, good night, good afternoon, whatever it is, you have a good one, and I'll see you next week.